You're listening to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. As a community health person, it just seemed screechingly clear that there were unacknowledged and undefined health impacts related to the incredible frequency and volume of the noise from the growlers. Welcome back to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. I'm Tara, joined by my co-host, Caitlin, and today we're here to talk about how the Navy growler jets are a public health crisis. We will hear from guest Dr. Edmund Sito, an associate professor of environmental and occupational health sciences at the University of Washington, and Chris Hurley, an advocate and activist for improved health for underserved communities in Seattle. They're going to explain the impacts of jet noise on our health, particularly our heart health, as well as share about studies that are being done to discover more of the effects of this noise on population health. The growlers present a particular challenge for population health professionals because the issue is a unique and unusual one. The growler jet noise issue is interesting. I've been interested in community noise issues for a very long time, but this is the first time that I've been involved in a a community noise issue where People have come to me asking about naval jets. And so this this is actually a new area for me. We do a lot of work around ports and truck traffic and and other types of urban noise. But the growler jet noise is is different because it's not in it's not concentrated in a big metro area. It's not on a truck corridor or by a major commercial airport. You know, the aircraft are different, the community is different. And so it's a different kind of problem that I'm, I'm really excited to, to do some work in. The type of noise that we experience related to the growlers is, I don't want to say it's unique, it's unusual. The unusual factors are the high number of exposures, you know, that we have 24,000 operations, takeoffs and landings a year around Coopville. That level of frequency is really high. Then to use frequency another way, the decibels are really high. So much higher than with military jet than commercial. And the other thing that's unusual is the low altitude. Those three factors are what make low-flying military aircraft noise particularly bad in terms of the impact that it can have on human beings. We know that the growlers have a huge impact on human health, but what exactly are those impacts? The commonly cited list of complaints are actually tied, not just complaints like I feel this way, I feel my blood pressure going up, but there's actually very clear evidence that noise above 80 decibels in your sleep, if it's above 55, has real impact on hearing and your eventual exposure to loud noises over time will impact your hearing. Those are pretty straightforward. People almost always think that. And in fact, the most common injury in the military in the United States, and I would assume other places too, is hearing loss. It's sort of the biggest disability claim that the military has is hearing loss. So that's very common. What's less sort of intuitively available is that there are very clear influences of noise exposures and your cardiovascular health. Noise triggers a brain response in your amygdala and that actually has a response that's 
follows and your cardiac vessels and that your vascular system is impacted every time by a noise exposure. And it isn't anything that we get used to. We in fact get sensitized to. So unlike growing a callus, we actually become more raw to it. And that exposure for your cardiovascular system is all bad. And that the effect is hypertension, elevated glucose levels. So diabetes follows. These are all inflammatory responses to noise. And inflammatory experiences, whether it's cortisol in our blood and you know, hormone release, those things lead to inflammation in the cardiac system and in the heart system and in blood sugar levels and other bad things, and including vascular dementia and Alzheimer's, which is just yet another example of inflammation that comes from what we typically describe as annoyance. And annoyance is often the word that's used to describe what happens when we get, you know, like when you're woken up or when you just want the jets to stop, that annoyance is the indicator of all these other inflammations in your body, which is what leads to all the other bad outcomes, whether it's stroke or heart attack. These things are really much more cut and dried than many of us have presumed, and that they're looking much more carefully at the sort of chemistry of noise impacts on health, which is really, in some ways, fabulous, in other ways, awful. We know that one other thing that is a response to noise exposures is learning capacity in children. So they're on that list from you know, hearing loss down through cognitive impacts for children, as well as cognitive impacts on the vascular health of your brain and into your body in terms of cardiac and ability to manage your blood sugars and things like that. It's quite remarkable. And I wrote this quote down because I was loving it from the Surgeon General, whose name was Stuart, in 1968, who said, calling noise an annoyance is similar to calling smog an inconvenience. The word annoyance is the characterized general word to describe our response to loud noises. But annoyance is what typically is used to describe how we feel when we're exposed to loud things. And it's such a band-aid term. It's such an underestimation of the event and its results. Cardiovascular health or heart health is at particular risk from the growlers, and Dr. Sito breaks down the health conditions that are caused by aviation noise. You know, in the U.S., we actually know quite a bit. About 10 years ago, there were some large studies looking at airports across the U.S., and this is particularly uh, commercial airports. Less is known about military aircraft impacts, but even with the lower noise levels of commercial aircraft, there have been significant associations found between living near an airport with aircraft overhead and increased hospitalization rates for cardiovascular disease, increased rates of stroke, increased rates of heart attacks, and dying of heart disease. And so we've seen that in the U.S., and that's been confirmed in other international studies as well. There's a lot of work out of Amsterdam, that airport, Schiphol, as well as out of the Heathrow Airport. Those are two places where there have been a, quite a few studies. And the causal pathways are there as well. So not only do you see it on the cardiovascular disease outcome side, but sort of upstream of that, you start to see increased risks of cardiovascular disease. So 
there have been studies that have found associations with living near aircraft in, in these airport communities and increased prevalence of hypertension. And not only do they find hypertension in elderly who are at risk of cardiovascular disease, but they also find increased risk of hypertension even in children, which is quite disturbing. And then in addition to the, the hypertension, if you go upstream of that, you start to see, you know, hormone levels also shift. And so you will see studies that have documented increased adrenaline with noise exposures. And so, you know, people who have chronic stress and chronic increased levels of things like adrenaline coursing through their body, that builds up and results in hypertension. And that potentially is the causal mechanism that could explain the increased rates of hypertension hospitalization around aircraft. There is still a lot that we don't know about the impact of the noise emitted by the growler jets, but there's a tremendous amount of research being done to better understand. Actually, there have been a lot of studies over time that really did look at the actual noise levels related to the growlers. One of the more infuriating pieces of the Navy's approach to describing their noise is they don't measure it. They haven't traditionally measured it. They modeled it. It was all computer-generated information with associated maps, contour maps of the lines of noise impacts, which are, by our experience and measurement, always too small. The areas are always too defined. But the Navy didn't have a history of communicating anything but modeled noise impacts. But in fact, over time, the community has actually, by crook or by crook, actually done a fair number of studies. The Citizens of EV's Reserve Corps did three separate and paid for highly professional noise studies, basically of the same areas over time around the outlying field and in Coopville. Also, the National Park Service did a survey of noise impacts, again, with sort of full scientific regalia of really great noise measurement equipment. The Bureau of Land Management up on Lopez, sympathetically in response to community complaints, the south end of Lopez is directly on a trajectory from the main takeoff runway at Alt Field in Oak Harbor. And they also did a noise measurement. They did a ton of noise measurements and never analyzed it. And then SDA did its own noise measurement study in 2020. We did uh, 14 sites. We put our noise monitors further out because we knew that many communities were affected, but they did not have it. So we went to Port Townsend, we went to Camino, Fidalgo, Lopez, and all around the wider areas around Coopville and up around Altfield too. So we had a broader spectrum to look at so that we could actually in some ways, connect with those communities that hadn't been measured, but who feel a lot of pain related to the growler's impact. So now what we have is a ton of great data. And I have to say that's wonderful and it's not enough. Data is not information at this point. And so one of the things that we have done in this past year is that we submitted a grant proposal through the University of Washington Population Health Studies Division. Population Health is a new 
combined study area at the university that takes ecology, public health. Population health is the way of really looking at the effect of the world on health, not just the traditional health sort of body medicine kind of boring narrow health impacts, but looking at the broader impacts on on population health, which is a big scale rather than an individually focused look at health. So we have money to do a really thorough analysis of all of those studies and all of that data. We have two university professors, one in ecology and one in the School of Public Health and Environmental Health and Environmental and Occupational Health, Edmund Sito and Julian Olden. They are partnered officially with CORE, with Bob Wilbur and with Ann Harvey from Sound Defense Alliance as co-principal investigators. So it's really, they were able to do this work because the community actually did the footwork. All of the early research was done by the community, which is the kind of partnership the university is interested in supporting. So that's an exciting thing. We've hired a, a very wonderful PhD student, Gio Jacuzzi. Gio is uh, coming to us from Stanford and he has a big range of acoustic measurements and research background. His uh, professional label is an acousticologist. It's the impact of noise on the environment. And he's going to be doing a big pile of analysis of our data and begin to put it together and connect it to other health studies that have been done for similar noise. The only really good study that it directly ties the impact of the noise to an effect was done in the late 1980s, early 90s in Okinawa. In that case, the prefecture of Okinawa paid for the study to be done around two U.S. air bases because they were certain that the noise was having a negative effect because it was so murderous. I believe the word is murderous. That's that's used in the research, actually, which is sort of an inflammatory word when you think about researchers, but they described it as murderous. And that work will be used to beginning to identify what important noise metrics we have that we can use to describe the noise and where we can find similar exposures and impacts. It's a first step. It's not the end goal, but it's definitely an important step to begin to make sense of what we have. And included in our data is now the Navy's noise measurement, because one of the earliest victories of the SDA is to get the National Defense Authorization Act to include money that had to be used by the Navy to actually measure noise, real noise, rather than modeling. That's another important data point to see and compare to our other samples. The Population Health Initiative study is an exciting project that brings people together as the Sound Defense Alliance has brought different community groups together. Dr. Sito, who, as Chris mentioned, is one of the primary researchers in the study, explains more about the study, what it hopes to accomplish, the timeline of the work, and how you can learn more. This is a rather exciting new project with a variety of different stakeholders and partners. Sound Defense Alliance is one of our partners, and we're looking at compiling a lot of the existing noise data that exists for growler jets and analyzing them from the perspective of their ecological impacts. So we're focusing on human health impacts for this go around. And so some of the cardiovascular disease endpoints, 
hearing loss and hearing shift endpoints, children's impacts. There's a lot of evidence from existing studies already. We just need to kind of link it to the noise levels and the decibels that we're measuring in communities around the Gerala Jets. I think this is a really exciting project where we're compiling a lot of the noise data, looking at human health impacts, but also teeing it up, if, if you will, to kind of think about broader ecosystem impacts and talking to a, a wide variety of community members and stakeholders that you know, have their own personal experience and challenges with the growler noise. We think of this as kind of a sort of a, a stepping stone project where, you know, really it's about bringing a variety of stakeholders to the table. And so, you know, members of Sound Defense Alliance, but other folks that are interested and impacted by the growler jet noise might be some of the tribes in the area and, you know, trying to engage them on some of the, the jet noise issues, as well as some of the environmental agencies that are also interested in noise impacts. On the research end, there's myself representing the School of Public Health and population, human population health, but there are also Professor Julian Olden from the ecology sciences and fishery sciences. And we have students and postdocs and other researchers involved in this project as well. So it's quite exciting to bring everyone together. I believe it's a two-year project. And then hopefully this project will serve as that initial stepping stone to do more work in the future. If folks are interested in more information, fairly soon we will be launching a website. It will be hosted on Sound Defense Alliance. And so stay tuned for that. So you'll see our compilation of the noise levels, as well as the estimates of human health impact for the growler jet noise. And if others are interested, you should feel welcome to reach out to me and get involved. Besides reaching out to Dr. Sito about getting involved in the Population Health Initiative study, there is a lot that you can do to be a part of the efforts against the growler jets. Chris shares just a few ways that you can get involved. I honestly think the best way that we as the community can get involved in the response to the growlers is call the complaint line, both at the Navy and at the same time, call the San Juan County noise complaint line too. We know that the noise reports that go to the Navy are reported. Our politicians can ask for them. And the beauty of the San Juan complaint line, it's been regularly monitored, reported every two months. I believe Christine Curlin does a beautiful summary and analysis of noise complaints. Those things are gold. They're just so important for us to have. That's probably the best thing you do, except that when it comes time for SDA or CORE to do something, you can contribute in what you can to CORE's continual legal work that they're doing as the legal warrior of our work and supporting SDA in whatever way you can, whether it's a contribution or responding when SDA says it's now time to write a letter or it's now time to call the office of this person and to continue to talk about it with community members. This issue from the beginning has been difficult. It's a divisive issue. Many people honestly feel very supportive of the growlers. It's a hard thing for people to you know to be connected to the military, to be part of the Navy, and to feel criticized about your, you know, your core commitment and perhaps livelihood. It's a tough thing and divisive thing in our community. And finding ways to continue to talk to your neighbors about this and to recognize that it's a thing that people have different opinions about. 
but that it's real. The noise is real. Whether you love the Navy or not, the noise is real. And communities deserve to be protected from that kind of exposure. For resources, including a glossary of terms from the episode, links to organizations, and ways you can get involved, check out the show notes directly below this episode. Thanks for listening.